0: everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Orange and White Podcast. I'm Dan Hope, alongside Brad Sankiv and Brandon Rink. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about from last week's Clemson football game. The Tigers won 54 nothing. a pretty lopsided game against Syracuse. So I figure we might as well talk about the election. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. We, we're, we're not, not going to talk about that. Uh, we're we're going to talk about this week's game, uh, clemson Playing Pittsburgh uh, Tigers are nine and zero. They're looking to improve to ten and zero. They could clinch the ACC Atlantic Division. Uh, they just, just need a win this week uh, against a Pittsburgh team that's you got some weapons. They, they've had a pretty good year offensively, but have struggled to stop teams from scoring the ball. Uh, you know, I I think you know this is probably a bigger challenge than what they're going to face next week against Wake Forest. So maybe their last you know real test in the ACC, but Still, you know, do you guys see this being a tough challenge for for Clemson playing
1: Pittsburgh this week? No, not really. I thought Pittsburgh had a defense that could do something in this game, but, I mean, they're last in the ACC in points per game, giving up 34.4. And, um, I mean, really, Clemson could – this is the type of game that's going to be a lot like last week in in, in some ways. As far as being able to move the football, pick up a lot of first downs, I think – Clemson's going to, you know, maybe run the ball a bit more this week. If Deshaun Watson's out 100%, I would think there would be a lot more handoffs to Wayne Gallman and, and company. But um, overall, I think Pitt's inability to stop the big play is going to kill him in this game because they're going to be aggressive and it's going to do what Narduzzi does and play man-to-man and put guys on islands and force safeties to have to cover. Uh, and I think that's a bad recipe against um, – this Clemson receiving core. And if Ray-Ray McCloud's 100% healthy, it's even going to be harder on Pitt. And I think I think he's going to be close to healthy. I think he'll play this week. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't think this is a good matchup at all for what Pitt's struggles are right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, Pitt's played some tough offenses this year. They played Oklahoma State. They played some really good quarterbacks with Brad Kaya. And, you know, Penn State's doing some things this year. I think it's just a matter of they can't stop anybody from passing the ball and you know we don't know to what degree Deshaun can you know how healthy he is but I think just about anyone can throw on this defense just from what we've seen so far this season
0: when you look at Pitt's schedule they're they're probably coming off their worst loss of a season they went to Miami last week lost 51 to 28 to a team that had lost four games in a row so if they hadn't lost that game maybe we'd be talking about this game in a little different vein because if you look at their previous losses they only lost by seven to Oklahoma State. They only lost by one to North Carolina. They only lost by three to Virginia Tech. Those are all good teams, and they did beat a Penn State team that's been trending up ever since that game. So, you know, Pitt's played a lot of competitive football this year, but I agree with you guys. I think that just the fact that they haven't been stopping anybody, I mean, you look at their sheep, they've been giving up. You know, They've given up more than 30 points per game in every game but, Two, I believe. So, I mean, they, they've really struggled to stop stop teams, especially in, in the passing defense. Um, the big question is for Clemson: is will Deshaun Watson play, and how healthy will he be? It, it sounds like he will play, but there's still a question of whether he's going to be 100. percent.
1: Yeah, and I think it's key that he does show that he is healthy enough to continue to run this offense in this game because. This, there's a lot of momentum that's been built with this offense. You look over the last five games, I mean they're averaging 42.6 points and 517 yards a game in those five games. That's the Clemson offense we expected to see all year. They weren't as good though the first four games when they had 33.5 points and 452.5 yards a game. So I, I think this offense is headed in the direction that that we were expecting to see it. I think we can put to bed a lot of the questions about this offense. I still think Turnovers, I always think turnovers are kind of fluky and they come and go. But the red zone, I think, is still an issue with this team. They're still saving it in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone. That's where they were last year. Um, so I, I think there's still some, some minor issues they can work on to improve. But overall, they're humming right now. And I think if Deshaun Watson is healthy and can keep that going, there's no reason that they won't put up big numbers in this game you know, try to post some big numbers at Wake Forest next week. They go into the South Carolina game feeling pretty good. They roll there. I think they've got all the momentum they need to go into the ACC championship game and then the postseason. So um, it's really key that Watson is the Watson we think he's going to be. And you know, there's all kinds of, uh, of talk out there. You know, some of it I think um, it is a matter of we don't we just don't know enough to say whether he's a hundred percent or not and that's the bottom line but Davos when he said he's healthy enough to go that's what we go on is the fact that he's going to play.
2: I mean the big difference between last year and the year before was Deshaun's health. It was Deshaun really didn't skip a beat at all last season that's why he was able to put up you know 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards so just having that question you know makes you pause a little bit about projecting to the future but we just don't know. I think it's just – it, it seems like it was just precautionary, but we just don't know.
0: Do you think we'll see the coaches limit Watson at all, even if he plays? Do you think they might limit some of the things he does to protect him?
1: I don't see why you would run him in this situation. <laughs> if he's got a hurt shoulder, a bruised shoulder, uh, there's no reason to, to ask him to go pick up a, a first down uh, You know, on a third down run. I, I, I think just a lot of those called runs for him – go down this week, because you you're don't. you not going to need those to beat Pitt, and I think the key is to get him healthy 100%, you know, for South Carolina and beyond. I think they can they can do what they need to this week and next week to get him back to what he should be. You'd think
0: we'd see probably a pretty healthy dose of Wayne Gallman this week. You know, last week, one of the advantages of last week is they got to get a lot of guys in the game, and you know, it, it looks like Tavian Feaster is starting to move up that running back pecking order a little bit. He's he was the third running back to come in last week after Wayne Gallman and CJ Fuller. Do you think maybe they'll give guys more guys a little more opportunity this week, or the fact that Deshaun Watson has a bad shoulder make it even less likely because they have to protect him?
1: Well, I I don't know where they're really at with with Feaster right now. I think. Some of that may have been they took so much heat for not playing him <laughs> very much a couple weeks right ago that. that they felt like ah oh, just get him in there because it wasn't a situation where they were concerned that Syracuse was had a pass rush that could dominate him. So I think it was more uh, they felt comfortable in that situation. And I mean that, that's just it. When you're talking about fresh, when you're talking about a situation, you know he's not a guy you put in no matter what. Wayne Correct. Goldman is a guy you put in no matter what right. because he can do it all. Um, I think it's just going to be you know, whatever they feel like they're comfortable doing. And if and if Pitts, who tries to sell out to stop the run, can keep, you know, Clemson at bay that way, then maybe we don't see Feaster. But I I, I do expect Goleman to get a pretty heavy load this week. I think Clemson would feel better in
0: a situation if it needs to use Nick Schusler than it might have in the past because, you know, he was going against a pretty weak defense, but I would say that last week was the best fit we had ever seen Nick Schuster look in any form of game action. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I I agree. I, I don't I don't think that we felt like the number 2 quarterback was settled until Nick Schuster came in the game and threw that touchdown pass on that drive where he filled in for Watson. I think then we knew that he was he was the number 2.
2: Yeah, I mean he was he was zipping, zipping some throws in there. Yeah, you know, he had a, he had a few that were kind of in danger, but you know, Syracuse wasn't able to take advantage of it. We just, I mean, we haven't seen Kelly Bryant throw it down the field. I mean, his, his yards per pass attempt is just so low. I think there's a reason for that. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, they just really haven't tested him. Man. Or he hasn't been able to test himself, or he, maybe he doesn't trust himself to throw it downfield. So uh, we, we know that Nick Schuessler can do that. It's just a matter of how much, I mean, he was able to do that against Syracuse. Is he going to be able to do that in a bigger situation? We don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, they obviously don't want to find out. and I, no. think, I think that's the key, but it's clear that if something did happen to Watson down the road this season that Nick Schuessler's their guy because I think the offense um, believes in him. You know, I mean, they, you could tell. They felt like he could make enough throws. I and mean, these receivers are so talented. It's not that hard. You know, as long as they protect Nick Schuessler, I think he can get the ball to about anybody. I don't think – I don't know what that says about – the chances of Kelly Bryant ever being the quarterback. Dan, what do you think his prospects are moving forward? now?
0: Uh, I don't think they're particularly good. I I think that you know now that Schusler has been firmly named as the number two, you know that that's not a great vote of confidence in in Kelly Bryant's progression. And I think anytime we've seen him play, we haven't seen much progression in him as a passer. So I think you look ahead to next year. I think he will get the first shot at earning the starting job next year because he's going to be the only returning quarterback with any experience. But I think a Zarek Cooper coming off a redshirt year, a Hunter Johnson coming in as the number one quarterback in the country, I think both of those guys are probably pretty likely to to push ahead of him at some point next year because we just haven't seen much in Bryant to show that he's capable of being a starting quarterback at this level.
2: Well, then you've got Tucker Israel on the roster, too, who hasn't really gotten a shot. I mean, he's a redshirt freshman, but he threw it all over the place at Florida, has all kinds of passing records. He's kind of a smaller guy, but he might be – I mean, he's probably going to be the most polished passer in terms of being in the system going into spring next year.
1: Yeah, I think the spring is going to tell us a lot, coming out of the spring, maybe not going in – or are we going to know what Clemson's quarterback future is? I think coming out we'll have a better picture. One of the other things I wanted to talk about that's kind of a debatable topic this week, if you will, was Artavis Scott. There was a lot of talk about him. Um, on Monday he mentioned that you know he was frustrated with his lack of numbers and lack of production in this offense. But then Dabo Sweeney was asked a question about that, and, and if you saw the video, and I'm sure many of you did, um, He did not like the question. Took took strong exception to that question, and really went on a rant. um, You know, and and you know, dropped a baloney on us, and you know, it was it it was a classic Dabba rant. Does this matter right now? Does this Artavis Scott stuff matter for this team? Try, try to start drama over here, Brad. <laughs> I, I yeah, yeah, try to try
0: to create some drama, as, as Dabo says. I, I really don't think it does matter. I, I think that Artavis has had a fine season. I, I think the reality is that his role has just shrunk because of the emergence of a guy like Dion Kane, who had two touchdowns last week and has really been their best deep threat this year. The emergence of a guy like a Ray Ray McLeod, who didn't play last week. But, but has been a dynamic guy in the offense when he's been there. A guy like a Hunter Renfro, who's always going to have a role in this offense because of how smart he is and the reliability that he's shown on the field. So I don't think anyone's displeased with Scott, and I think that's the point that Dabo really wanted to get across, is that even if his numbers are down, the coaches are not displeased with Arteva Scott in any way. They, they are happy with what he's doing, and they don't want him to get the wrong idea. It would be understandable for Artavis to be frustrated because, as Dabo confirmed this week, he's going to be going to the NFL next year. So, of course, he wants big numbers. Uh, of course, NFL scouts are going to look at his numbers and go, why are they down? But I think in terms of how he's playing with him the team, there's no reason to believe that there's any kind of dissent there. I think he's still uh, working just as hard as ever, and if they need him, they still feel they can rely on him.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, you know, some of this is 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 just us as reporters with nothing else to do but ask questions like this during a, a pit week. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, it really is. This is where you kind of pick things apart. Um, but we don't get Artavas Scott a whole lot, so I, I think the question was valid for both he and Davo Swing. I didn't have any problem with, with it being asked because I think, uh, you know, it, it, people want to know. People want to know why Scott isn't catching the amount of. Passes and getting the yards and um, whatnot, but um, I I wanted to see what y'all thought about Pittsburgh's offense. We haven't really talked about that yet. This is a team that can run the football. I mean, they're 220 yards a game. James Conner, a great story. Everybody knows a lot about what he's been through. But Clemson's not. I I, I would classify Clemson as a great run defense. Clemson's had a, some good stops this year. I mean, they shut Georgia Tech down to 95 yards, but. Is is Pitt diverse enough to give Clemson some issues on the ground? Well, I think I think they've got some real talent. I think
0: you mix James Conner, who's a real big tough runner, a guy who hasn't shown any ill effects of his battle of cancer and has really performed well this season, you mix him with a guy like Quadri Henderson who's such a versatile threat. He's a guy who can run the ball, he can catch the ball, and he's also the best kickoff returner in the country. So you mix those kind of weapons, it's going to keep a defense on your toes. It's going to force Clemson to be aware of multiple different threats. And I, I do think Pitt will score some points in this game. Uh, n- probably not enough to win the game. But I, I do think that Pitt's going to make some plays on offense in this game because you know Nate, Nathan Peterman's done a good job at quarterback for them this year. and you know, Maybe it's not the Pitt you'd usually expect. A lot of times in the past, Pitt's been more of a low-scoring defensive team. This year, they've been more of an outscorer kind of team. And that's what they're going to try to do. I don't know if they have enough... To outscore Clemson, but I do think that they're going to make some plays and definitely going to force
2: uh, Clemson to be disciplined up front in terms of stopping that run game. I mean, there's some balance to the offense. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a couple of good backs. Connor's efficiency is a little bit down from last or from two years ago. What you would expect? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, two years ago he was just an outstanding back, ACC yeah. Player of the Year. Um, you know, with can't with the There's sort of that. That similar, um, they're kind of familiar with the offense. Clemson is with the NC State offensive coordinator now at Pitt. You've got the sort of the motions and uh, you know different sweet jet sweeps and stuff. I think they just they're not as a fit. They're not efficient enough to give Clemson enough trouble. I don't think.
1: Yeah, I I agree. We we said last week we thought Syracuse was going to score some points, and they didn't score <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I do think Pitt gets on the board in this game. It's not going to be a shutout, but you know. I don't know if they're. I just don't know if they're diverse enough. I think Brent Venables can find a way to draw up some plays to stop the run, um, figure out a way to, to to limit how they want to move the football. Because I, I think Pitt wants to keep their defense off the field, especially on the road in this game, uh, and they give up touchdowns so quickly that they're right back out there. So I, I think they're going to try to do that. I just don't know if they're going to have success. Teams are not converting third downs against Clemson, and that's going to be. Um, Really, I think we're pit runs into a lot of
2: trouble. And it's and their their biggest maybe their biggest offense is their special teams with, yeah. with the kickoff returner getting some good field position. You know they don't want to put their defense in bad field position uh, situations because they're last in the nation in red zone defense. So it's like when they get you know pushed to the back to the wall, the other team's going to score usually.
0: Last week I said I was confident Syracuse would beat the spread. I was very wrong. <laughs> this week, <laughs> a I'll lot start. of people for spread wrong. spread right now is at twenty and a half uh, in favor of Clemson. What do, what do you guys think? Will Will Pitt be able to beat that spread?
1: It's hard to say because I don't know if Deshaun Watson plays the entire game. Mm-hmm. I think he's, as Davo said, he's healthy enough to go out there and play. Does he play for sixty minutes or fifty minutes? I don't know. So I I think that's hard for me to say. But uh, and and. I'm just not really sure what to make of Clemson's defense sometimes because sometimes they fall asleep in games like this. They fell asleep against NC State a lot, and they gave up some big chunk plays. Maybe they do again, but if they're fired up and come out with what, the way they played against Syracuse, um, I, don't, I don't see Pitt really get, even getting to 20 points, and, and Clemson's going to probably score at least five or six touchdowns.
2: I think last week is kind of the outlier when it comes to Clemson and big spreads. They don't usually perform even at home. They don't usually outperform those big spreads. So I think I'd be I'd be wary on. Yeah, on, on I'm picking. kind of I'm kind of if you on that one, I, I see it being pretty
0: close to that. I think that's actually it. Actually started at 17. It's moved up to 20 and a half. I think the 20 and a half is about where it should be. I, I see it as probably being about a free touchdown kind of game. Uh, but the one the, the one matchup that I think is going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Clemson should have a lot of success against Pittsburgh's defense but uh, Pittsburgh does have one of the best pass rushers in the country in price and we now know that Clemson's going to be without there starting right tackle Jake Morgan, who is currently away from a team for, for what Davo Sweeney termed as personal issues so if Pitt decides to put price over a right tackle uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup for a true freshman Sean Follard who's going to be starting at that spot
1: and they will they'll they'll find a way to move him around and, and try to get a good matchup um, the team's been doing that a lot they don't always just stick their best pass rusher with Mitch Hyatt um, but you know freeew Morgan has had ups and downs this year uh, on the field uh, in, in his performance and and Pollard's gotten a lot of playing time and I think he's he's coming around a little bit I I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he can hold his own a little bit but Price is one of the best pass rushers in the country this this could be
0: kind of an audition for Pollard here if if if, you know Pollard has played pretty well and he's been on the field but he hasn't really been tested yet he hasn't really gone up against a top defensive end if Pollard can go up there and
1: play well for a second week in a row he might not give that job back but I also think when you know when you've got a quarterback who has a a bruised shoulder, you are not going to let him sit back in the pocket much anyway. So, I don't think Clemson's is going to have plays that are designed necessarily to um, let Deshaun sit back there. So, I, you know, there is going to be a lot Very of getting rid of the ball quick type things and let those guys man to man in space try to try to break some plays open. Yeah, we probably
0: won't see the volume of deep shots that we've seen in, in most previous and games this year.
1: They're probably not going to need to in this game because the way Pitt plays defense, I think Clemson can just move the chains and just take. The, the quick pass to Ray Ray McLeod and Hunter Renfro, the underneath stuff, because they're going to beat their man. I can promise you that. So I think that's how Clip's is going to move the football. Now things have gotten pretty interesting in our pick'em pool with Furore.
0: Uh, the standings are, are – there's only a couple weeks left in this, and the standings have gotten very close. Uh, our friend Scott Kiefer from the Greenville News is still leading with one, a 102-47 record, but Brad Brandon – Mickey Plyler and Roy Philpot are all tied for second just one game back. I'm only two games back. And even William Quackenbush with a 12-3 and three week last week is only five games back. So it's anybody's pool. We encourage you once again to compete with us. Uh, independentmailcom upickem That's U-P-I-C-K-E-M I, I know I've had people on Twitter, you know, telling me all year they've got a better record than me. So uh, keep keep it going. Keep keep competing against us and
1: uh, prove to us you're smarter than us. This um, is this is a lot closer than last year. I think last year at this point, I think really Walt and myself and Mickey had kind of pulled away from the pack a little bit. Well, I was look. I mean, it was. I mean, I was looking at the end of the year records,
0: and you know, to use Quack for an example here, he was one hundred nine and eighty six last year. He's ninety seven and fifty two. So he, I mean, he is doing much better. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, even Brad, you were a winner with a one thirty seven and fifty eight. But you were the only you you had a huge lead over the rest of the pack. You were the only one above seventy percent. I don't
1: I don't know if I'm going to get to that yeah, number again. I think it's
0: been a, a much tighter race this year. Uh, maybe you know less swing games. Uh, I don't know what it's been, but it's been much closer. It's going to come down to the last week, and unfortunately, this week it doesn't look like there's going to be much opportunities for anybody mm-hmm. to separate um, because there's just not a lot of games on this slate. Uh, there's, I believe there's eight or nine games where every single person in our eight-person pool picked the same team. So I don't want to go through all of these picks, but uh, we'll send around the table. What are one or two games you see in this week's slate that are in interesting games in terms of which way they could go?
1: How about South Carolina-Florida? I mean, <laughs> seven of us picked Florida. Dan picked South Carolina. Am I crazy? Um, no, absolutely not. Florida's so banged up. And their offense is so bad. Uh, I don't care where this game is played. I, you know, I know it's in the swamp, but if if you can't if you can physically put the ball across the the goal line and score, then you leave yourself
2: up to get beat. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of curious lines with the SEC games, like LSU Arkansas. LSU's a touchdown favorite, and I don't really understand why they are. Like I don't feel good. I'm picking LSU. I don't feel good about picking LSU at all.
1: I. I agree, um, especially at Arkansas. It, it, no, it, it, there's a lot. There, there are a couple of these games that are like that, where the spreads are higher than they probably should be. Yeah, that was that was one of our only even split games this
0: week. The three of us and Wall all picked LSU. Everybody else picked Arkansas. I felt pretty good about picking LSU. Um, you know, I think that you know our, Arkansas looked better last week, but Arkansas played a much worse team in Florida than LSU did in Alabama. I, I think LSU. Still got a good thing going. I think they're going to bounce back from last week. So I felt pretty good about that one. But that game and then the other game that's going to be interesting in terms of our pool this week is Texas-West Virginia.
1: I think that's the only other um, interesting game on here. I mean, that's, you know, from a, from a contest
2: standpoint. Because I,
1: I I went with Texas, but I don't know how anybody feels good about picking either side right now.
2: Not, I mean, West Virginia is maybe the one team in the Big 12 that sort of plays defense. And even there, they're like sort of middle of the road in the country. Especially but they, rush defense. But rush they, defense
1: just, eh, and that's what Texas does, yeah, run the
2: ball. But, I mean, they have a top ten offense. I don't trust Texas' defense yeah, for anything. True. But their offense has really come on this year. So it's it, it gives you pause on that game for yeah, sure. Yeah, I came close to
0: picking Texas each of the last two weeks. I did an MA1, so I, I was leaning toward them again. So I figured I'd go with my gut this time. Uh, West Virginia, I'm still not totally sold on them. I think they've beaten a lot of teams that aren't that good. Uh, Not that I think Texas is great, but I do think the way that offense has gotten rolling with Deontay Foreman, uh, that could be a good opportunity for Texas to win at home. Uh, We talk about every week, there's always one game, at least, that everybody picks the same team to win, and that team loses. So, What do you guys think could be that one game this week?
1: Mm. I I think there's a couple. I think one of them, believe it or not, I I think it's Texas Tech Oklahoma State because everyone picked Oklahoma State coming off that big win last week over over Kansas State. But Texas Tech can score, and Oklahoma State can't stop anybody. So if you get into a shootout, you go into the fourth quarter; it's a seven-point
2: game. Anybody could win that thing. Maybe it could be Army Notre Dame. Army has been better this year. They're playing for their their bowl eligibility life, and Notre Dame sucks. Like they're just not good. This is my first time picking <laughs> Notre Dame in a long time.
0: Like I couldn't go with Army. I was tempted. I couldn't go with Army. What, uh,
1: what about A and M, Ole Miss? The, the the game of backup quarterbacks. I'm surprised mm-hmm. everybody went with A
0: and M. I just think Ole Miss has been trending down so badly. I mean, A and M is coming off a bad game too, but uh, the way Ole Miss has been playing lately, I. I just couldn't pick them. Um, I, I think the one game, I wasn't going to pick it, and it would be a big upset, but I don't totally rule out USC going in and beating Washington. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, I think USC's
1: been playing a lot better football since the start of the year. and If, if it was at Southern Cal, I, I, I might get on board with that, but I just don't think Washington's going to lose at home.
2: You just what you wonder with Washington is they haven't been on this stage, and Peterson's been on this stage, and he knows how to coach a team. But you wonder if just there's going to be that game where the pressure just mounts on them, and they they just crumble. And Southern Cal has a team with talent.
1: I don't know. I th- I think Washington can beat you in in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. They're not just one dimensional, and they don't rely on one thing. So I I don't know. I, I think at home they're okay. the The only game that I had a hard time really picking this week, and Roy Philpot actually went with this team, was Virginia-Miami. He was the only person to pick Virginia. And I actually had Virginia in there at first, and I went back and changed Miami. Maybe it's my Miami bias coming through here because I always <laughs> pick against Miami. I uh, have for two years. But um, what do you think? Can, can Virginia – I mean, this is a team that played well against Louisville at home a couple weeks ago. Can they
2: surprise the Hurricanes? Virginia's just been kind of up and down. I mean, it's, it's kind of the typical deal with a new coach – they can throw it a little bit, but I just I don't know if they can defend enough. And Miami, has their offense has shown some sparks, and they, they played really well against Pitt. Yeah, I mean, they could. I mean, I mean
0: Miami's not a team that you're going to have a ton of confidence in right now to win a game <laughs> no. that it should win. But I, I do think Virginia played way over its head at Louisville. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's what Virginia is this year. I think they're still a bottom feeder in the ACC. And if Miami plays the way it should... They should be able to win this game fairly easily. I the, the only ever thing that's really interesting in the pool this week is the score game we picked was Oklahoma-Baylor. And other than William Quackenbush, everybody has Oklahoma winning by double digits. Brad, Brad has Oklahoma winning by 15. Brandon has Oklahoma winning by 18. I have Oklahoma winning by 28. Uh probably the least interesting score game in terms of everybody's picking one team to win. Uh, are we, are we get, are giving a little
1: too much confidence in Oklahoma? Or are we a little too down on Baylor? I think the wills have fallen off at of Baylor. I have no reason to think that they're going to compete very well in this game. And Oklahoma is, is still playing for something. They can go win the Big 12. Absolutely. Um, and if chaos reigns, maybe they find a way into the playoff.
2: I think there's just a lot of teams just lining up, and they see that Baylor's kind of hurting. And, they, they, you know, Baylor walked into Oklahoma. I think they blew him out in Oklahoma a couple of years ago. So they're going to be motivated to kind of turn the tables on them. Well,
0: we want to thank you for joining us again for this week's Orange and White podcast. Uh, Brad and Brandon, why don't you tell the people what we got going on?
1: Yeah, um, orangeandwhite.com. We're going to start our basketball podcast coming up right after this. No, I'm just kidding. But basketball season is starting. So if you have an interest in basketball, uh, check us out at orangeandwhite.com. We're going to have season previews up today for the men and the women's teams. And we'll be covering the men's and the women's openers at the newly renovated Little John. So it's not always all football, people. There is basketball
2: but but we are going to talk some more football and we'll have some uh, Yeah, we'll have plenty of football. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll have the game day countdown coming up uh you know this weekend with keys and final picks and uh yeah. Lots yeah, of lot,
0: lots of stuff lots of stuff going on. We got soccer going on too. We covered men's soccer last night, Bear VAC championship final, women's soccer's in the NCAA tournament and yep, plenty of football coverage coming. I mean, it's uh Clemson's getting pretty close to going back to the ACC championship game, maybe making another playoff run, and we're going to be covering it all. So thanks for listening in, and we'll join you again
1: next week. And tweet us. If you want a basketball podcast, let us know. At Orange and White on Twitter, I'm sure my tweets are going to roll in. Hey, I'll have it up and ready in no
0: time.